Hi friends, welcome to another episode of It's Not All Rainbows. I'm your host, Lindsay Goodman. I'm a certified trauma recovery coach, and I'm also a survivor of abuse in a queer relationship. I'm here to help validate and support those who are or have been in my shoes and to help spread awareness of what these kinds of relationships can look like. Today, I'm going to talk about my escape plan or how I escaped from my abuser. This is something that I have talked about before, but haven't necessarily done an entire episode on. And I really want to talk about this because having a plan or several plans is very important when you are leaving an abusive relationship. Um, I'm going to try to talk about some of the things that went well for me and some of the mistakes that I made, quote unquote, I'll call it that. Um, just, you know, a lot of times we don't know what we're getting into when we're leaving an abusive person, which I want to try to avoid for you. Obviously we have different abusers in different situations, but I want to try to help hopefully you learn from my mistakes and figure out how to avoid them. Before we dive in, I will do struggles and successes this week. Um, I guess the struggle right now is I just got a very long message from my little sister. She lives in Indiana and they're just having a very hard time at their house a like massive financial um setbacks with both of their vehicles having trouble and they had some mega hail damage at their house like on their house on their vehicles like all kinds of stuff along with some other things and i just that stuff just like makes me so sad because i'm so far away if you don't know i live in washington state and i do visit my family a fair amount um i don't necessarily visit them often but when i go i try to stay for a while because I don't know. It's just better for me and the kiddo. And just, it's just hard because it would be nice to just like pop over there and make her dinner. Um, and so to anyone who has loved ones that are far away, um, you are not alone. A success this week. Um, I'm three weeks away from going on this trip with my son. By the time you listen to this, I will already be on the trip. I'm really trying to work ahead so that I feel like I'm really organized in my work and that I don't have to worry about some of the things that I can work ahead on as much when I'm there. Like when I at least first get started, I really want to be able to just kick back and not have to record podcasts. So I'm really excited. I'm really looking forward to that. I am a little bit nervous um, as I, I always get a little bit nervous um, as we come up to the time of leaving, but it always works out great. And um, if you're looking at me and you're hoping to travel someday, but you're not quite there yet, I hope that um, my travels and following along on, on my healing journey, um, helps you to feel hopeful. Um, cause when I was still in it, I never thought that I would be here. So anyway, um, I'm on my work break right now and I'm in my car, which I have been a lot lately for recordings because this has just been what's working out for me. And it is a very rainy day. It's like, it's April 6th is the day that I'm recording this. And we've had some nice days that like spring is sort of peeking out. Uh, but then we have days like this where, I don't know if you can hear that, um, but it's very rainy and it's just very like cold, wet PNWE. And that was like not fun for me. I don't, I don't love that weather, but anyway, okay. Without further ado, let's talk about my escape plan. I didn't have one. I started to know that I needed to leave probably like April of 2021, but I just had no idea what that was going to look like or how I was on a lease with them. My son was being quote unquote raised by the two of us and his dad, although his dad of course lived in a separate house. Um, but it was very much, I, I felt trapped financially less so because I am the one who 
had a good career and was earning money. Have I have a good career? Um, I'm, I have always been able to be financially um, okay um, in terms of that relationship. That was a boundary that I set very early on. Unfortunately, one of the only boundaries I set, but you know, that's a big, um, having your finances. Okay. Is a huge thing when you're in an abusive relationship, because a lot of people, unfortunately don't have that situation. So definitely was lucky in that aspect. But, um, you know, I just was like, well, how do you break a lease? And how, how's it going to, who's going to move out? Where are we going to go? Because we live in a very expensive area. And of course my abuser was like, well, I don't have anywhere to go. Where am I going to live? Um, sort of fast forward a bit. It wasn't until like later in the summer, like maybe July that I started saying things like, I'm going to start looking at places. I can't, I can't keep doing this. Like we're just fighting. This is miserable. Nothing's changing. I found my diaries from, you know, 2020 and 2019. And I'm like, we're still having the same problems. It's all here in writing one year ago, two years ago, we've done a year and a half of therapy. Nothing's helping us and changing. So I would say those things and they would say like, where am I going to live? I don't have anywhere to live. Like guilt tripping, typical, you know, abusive behavior. And so then I realized that if I was going to tell them that I wanted to leave, if I was going to tell them that I wanted to end the relationship, they would play all the games, right? They would guilt trip. Like that example I just gave, they would all of a sudden be really nice and caring and quote unquote loving. Um, and just sort of do whatever they could do to counter my thoughts and feelings of wanting to leave, schedule another appointment with the therapist. Oh, we just need another session with Christy. We just need to work with Christy. Christy always helps, blah, blah, blah. Sorry, Christy, I'm going to throw you under the bus. Do you have a therapist named Christy? A couple therapists. Don't know. I'm just kidding. Um, but serious. Um, and so, you know, things like that. And so I started to realize that I needed to keep things completely quiet. I needed to like, whatever I was thinking, if I was looking at houses and it had to be a secret. Um, if I was going to ask people for help, it had to be people who wouldn't report back to them. Um, because again, if they know that you're trying to leave, it is highly likely that they will fight you on it. And I mean, either actually fight you on it, you know, physically prevent you from leaving or argue with you till the cows come home to, to, to fight you from leaving, or they will again, counter you with that, the love bombing or breadcrumbing or whatever other tactic they can do to, to keep you from leaving. One of the biggest things for me was that all of a sudden they couldn't live without my son. They would complain about him all the time until it was time for me to want to get out. And then all of a sudden they can't live without him, which is if you're a parent, it is very hard to combat that sort of guilt when someone is saying like, Oh, I'm his parent. Oh, I've been here since he was you know, a year and a half old. He doesn't know life without me. You know, this isn't about him. This is between you and me, those kinds of things. So it wasn't until, you know, August of 2021 that we broke up. And at that point, um, I started gray rocking. I set solid boundaries. Um, I do tell a lot of this in episode called, I think it's called no man's land where I talk about the time between like when we broke up and, um, and when I left where I'm pulling back, I'm setting a lot of physical and emotional boundaries. I'm sleeping in a separate room. I'm not saying I love you. I'm not touching you. I'm not doing any of those things. Um, and I'm just, you know, not really having conversations with you. Um, I'm doing the bare minimum to keep you from saying more and to keep you from getting mad. And I'm not getting in like circular arguments or reacting to whatever it is you're saying to try to whatever, right. Get me to react or lure me back into these kinds of discussions. And so when it came down to it, 
Um, like I said in the beginning of this episode, I did not have a plan. I was winging it and it was a very, very bad time for me because my son's dad was gone. Um, he was out of town for three months and I have talked about this quite a fair amount, but, um, he would have helped me. He probably would have been the place that we would have stayed in the meantime, which wasn't ideal. It was the last thing I wanted to do at the time. Um, I just felt like it was going to be a huge regression to go and stay at my son's dad's house. Even if it was temporary, it was like, well, I left that house. I left that relationship. Now I have to bring my stuff back. It feels like you're like a kid you went to college and it didn't work out and you have to call your dad and be like, can you come get me? I don't have any money left. Or can you come get me? I failed all my classes or something like that. It just felt like a massive step back in my life. And I know a lot of you probably feel the same way too. When I have my clients and I ask, where would you go? Like, what are some options? Let's talk this out. Let's come up with a plan. A lot of people are like, well, I can go to my parents' house or, oh, I can do this. I can do that. And it seems so horrible. Um, but it ended up being mostly a great option. And I still live there, which is really unfortunate. I don't love that. Um, this is just like a side note, but you know, I don't love that I live there. And sometimes I do feel like it's a huge setback. Although my therapist was like, it's a, it's a lateral step. It's not a step back. It's just different. It's not necessarily sliding back to that relationship because I'm not the same person. I've done a lot of work. I've done a lot of healing, but my point is, even if your mom's couch is a bad option, like it's someone's couch, it's your mom, whatever, or your friend or your cousin or whoever, try not to go, maybe try not to go to an ex that you like actually, so this is like my son's dad and we had like years apart and we didn't feel that way about each other anymore. So there was no like relationship tension. Like maybe don't call like the ex that you were dating before them and go right back to their house or something because you're probably not setting yourself up for success in that, you know, situation. But, um, we'll come back to that. I, uh, I, I didn't know what I was going to do because he wasn't at, he wasn't at his house. And I just was like, well, do I just go to his empty house? But then like, what does that look like? I guess we have a space to stay for a while. Um, and so what happened was it was, and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago in the episode that, um, is about like waiting for the right, uh, like the right moment to leave. Let me say what it's called. Um, April 5th, waiting for the right moment to leave. I talk about how like we sometimes are waiting for like this tipping scale moment. And I mentioned that I did wait for a tipping scale moment. I waited until stuff hit the fan and my child was involved and it was yucky. And I was like, I got to get us out of here right now. And I had someone in the house who helped me get out of the house. When that was done, we were at my son's dad's house. We just went up the street and my abuser had a key. So that's not an escape plan, right? If your abuser knows exactly where you're going and they have access, they have the garage code, or they have the key to the house, it's not really a good plan. And the reason I'm sharing this with you is that I made these mistakes. Again, I didn't know. I, it was spur of the moment because I didn't really make plans. At the time, I just was like, so like, this isn't possible. There's no way I'm going to get out. So I didn't even bother to make plans. And this is why I really urge people to make the plan A, B, and C, like option one. Okay. That did not work out. What else? When can I try it again next time? Because quite often it takes more than one try to get out many times to get out. Um, <clears throat> and so I went there and my abuser would show up there because they knew where I was and they would say things to get me to come, you know, come meet up with them and do all this and do all that. And I, again, I know I'm saying a lot of people, I've talked about this before, but I talk about the the danger that I realized we were in when they could just wait outside the house at 6 a.m. for me to open the door to let the dogs out at 7 a.m. and <clears throat> forcibly 
walk in the door behind me as I'm, as I'm closing it to let the dogs out. This person still had access to me. They knew that my son went to school. They could probably figure out where he went to school. They knew like about when I would probably be coming and going from the house. They can just be waiting outside. Right. And if you're alone, that can be very, very dangerous. But even if it's not dangerous, it's just scary and creepy and weird and not good for your healing. So we really want to try to get to a place where we at least maybe have someone around us who feels safe, or maybe they just don't have a key to the house and you can actually lock the doors and maybe call the police and be like, this person's here. They've been threatening me. I don't feel safe, whatever that looks like. Um, right. That's not always an option. The police aren't always very helpful, especially like I, I just know I always was afraid that they wouldn't believe me because we were queer people and there was no man involved. So they would be like, you guys just, you're on your periods, just sleep in separate rooms, go to bed, leave each other alone. Don't call us like that kind of thing. They didn't end up being very helpful when I did call them later on. Um, I ended up having to call them twice and they were very, very helpful, um, which surprised me a lot. Uh, but anyway, um, so then I ended up going to my mom's house because they were targeting my son. I'm keeping this very short because the point isn't like the nitty gritty of like what was happening, but we were in danger. They were targeting my son. They were trying to get my son like to agree to go with them in the vehicle. And if that would happen, then I would have to go back to, it was like very creepy, like lurey type thing. Um, so I went to my mom's house and I stayed gone for 90 days. By the time when I left and packed the night that I went to my son's dad house, I grabbed our passports and I grabbed whatever I thought we might need to go to Indiana for a while. Um, cause I had it in the back of my head that I wanted to take him on a big trip far away. I knew I wanted to go back to Spain. There was something for us there, something in our healing journey. It was going to help me to break the trauma bond once and for all. So it was like a spur of the moment. I have to do this. I'm going to do this. I had been thinking about it and talking to some people about possibly going to Europe for like a while before probably a month or so, like it had been mentioned. So that was why I was like grabbing passports. If I hadn't grabbed those passports, probably never would have seen them again, but I digress. Um, so my plan was made very quickly. It was grab the passports. I only had like the bare minimum of what I needed. I did not have a plan for the dogs, which I, again, I have talked a lot about the dogs and why I made that decision and what went down, you know, pet abuse is very common in abusive relationships. I didn't have a plan for my stuff. I didn't have a plan for breaking the lease. It was really just sitting back and waiting, um, trying to figure out a plan to get the dogs back from far away and just waiting for them to leave so that I could come back and get my stuff. And I did wait an extra 30 days after they had moved out to finally come back because I really needed to have that safety net and a like assurance that they wouldn't just show up at the house, you know, three days later. Um, and so my plan was very, very quickly made. It was, you know, okay, this is the first day that I can fly out to my mom's house canceled all my work, canceled my son's school, um, and just left very quickly. And like I said, I sort of planned it as I went. And despite being very last minute, it worked out great. I, for once in our relationship was several steps ahead of the abuser. I, like I said, I knew I was going to Europe. I knew I wasn't coming back. Whereas they thought I was coming back. I knew that I would not see them again, that I wasn't going to come back while they still had a key to the house. I knew I was going to get the dogs back. Um, and I kind of knew how it was going to happen. So it was all like very 
I guess, yeah, spur of the moment, but it was, it was there. And so a lot of times when we leave, I talked about this again in the episode about waiting for the right moment. When we leave at the right moment, quote unquote, the right moment, because there's a big, this, the scales have tipped, something big happens again. Like my son is being loudly verbally abused. This is the time I have to get out of here. Um, it can be dangerous and you don't have a plan. So you're making it up as you go. Maybe you're just throwing some stuff in your car and like trying to find a hotel if you have the finances for it. Maybe you're throwing the kids, kids in the car and the stuff and whatever. And you're like, crap, I got to drive to my parents' house. It's eight hours away. I have to drive through the night. Cause I don't have any money except for the gas to get there. I don't have anywhere else to go, whatever that looks like. And so when we have a plan, especially if we have a supportive person or people who won't tell the other person what's going on, that you can plan ahead and, you know, say, are you available this weekend if I make it out for me to come over? Um, or, you know, I'm hoping that in the next couple of weeks I will do this. Maybe you're starting to like bring some things over to the other person's house and, you know, maybe this person won't notice a couple of things, whatever. And you're just getting ahead of them and preventing the dangerous, um, no plan shit show shenanigans that I went through. If you want to come up with a plan to get away from an abusive person, the hotline.org has a free resource. Uh, I believe it's called safety planning. Just go to the hotline.org. Their website will have, I've never done the safety plan because by the time I realized I had one, I was already gone. Uh, but I believe they just have a thing that like sort of probably asks you questions or helps you, I don't know, fill in the blanks. I guess I should probably do it because I recommend it all the time. So I would like to know how to you know describe it to you, but it's definitely something to check out for free. If you want to sit down and make a plan with me, I can absolutely do that. Um, I offer one-on-one coaching as a certified trauma recovery coach, and I have 30-minute sessions, 60-minute sessions, and six a six-week program. The people who are doing the six-week program are seeing amazing results, if I do say so myself. I'm very proud of them for the work that they're doing and just what we've been able to do um, together. I've had several clients leave their abusers now and stay gone. So again, very proud of them. If you're listening and you're one of them, very, very proud of you. Keep it up. Um, So that's definitely an option too. I just really, really want you to understand the importance of having a plan or two or three or five um, rather than just diving out head first because that, again, can be very dangerous and very difficult to navigate. I already mentioned about my coaching, which is what I usually do at the end of an episode. Um, on top of that, if you go to my website, the um, and you click on the coaching tab, I do host a monthly one-on-one support group for the LGBTQ community, survivors of abuse like myself and my co-host Trey DeLatore. Um, we did not have this resource when we were coming out of our first queer relationships, which were both abusive. And so we wanted to offer this to the community. Um, so far it's been an incredible resource and I think people are really enjoying it. So definitely go and check that out. Other than that, that's all I have. So I will wrap this one up for today and I will be back with more next week. Do something nice for yourself and definitely go and drink some water. Take care y'all.